flowing, colonial bending, ignorance moving. and um, occupation, commodification. Everything comes down to water and land. To us within, our, within our lifetime. Sometimes feel really sad for fresh water because just, just feel that it's trapped. Been many different things to many different people in many different just moments of time. To be there. It gives life, it takes away life like when you return to it as well. You know, it just never gets to go, 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 go out like the ocean. things that are embedded within it. A tap is a link. It represents access or lack thereof. It appears benign until the water stops running. For many, our relationship to water is mediated through taps. Urban planning and colonial intervention has made the tap a tool of control, managing water and monetizing it. Taps bring water to us. Our lives and routines rely on taps being on. But what happens when they're not? Taps is the grounding theme of this episode. First, we hear from Joseph Griffiths about his work Fountains for Mooney Ponds Creek and how he reimagines the creek's heavily engineered form as a sculptural artefact. My name is Joseph Griffiths. I'm an artist from Melbourne and my primary interest in recent years is tracing and following the path of water across and through and underneath the earth um, and sort of researching many different ways in which humans have intervened into its natural cycles and um, some of the implications of urbanisation on the water cycle. I guess my interest in, in, in kind of water infrastructure, let's call it, like the human manipulation of water to serve urban metropolis or urban life, started from a residency in Rome in 2016. I suppose that would sort of formalise the interest and it gave me an opportunity to sort of really examine those systems closely and understand how many of the other things I was interested in archaeologically with regards to the Roman city and the layers of history there and the kind of symbolic role that the Roman urban form has kind of uh, played for European and colonial cities thereafter, was able to be kind of examined through water. So that really started things off. But um, it wasn't really till I came back and I thought about where I was from and where I grew up and what my relationship to my local waterways and water infrastructure wasn't until then that I kind of really found a, a kind of rigorous process to sort of combine sort of more academic study about how these systems work and reaching out to, you know, people like, you know, the authorities who manage the, the waterways and, and drainage system and, and all that sort of stuff, plus um, just being involved with the people unknown from the community where I grew up. So Moody Ponds Creek, as an example, was the place that my grandfather learned to swim and it was a place I learned to skateboard in um, because it had been so heavily transformed into a concrete drainage channel by, you know, within those two generations. So I kind of found that that was a really interesting transformation that I wanted to sort of uncover the more complex implications of that. Your work Fountains for Moody Ponds Creek was part of an attempt to create a fountain or to transform Moody Ponds Creek into a fountain. The idea was to use the sort of archetype of a fountain to, I guess, draw attention to the sort of the complex history of this creek. Also, you know, as a sort of public intervention to create 
a sort of propositional space where that discourse might happen, where people might actually come or be drawn to the fountain to discuss such things as the history of the creek's transformation, what the place may have been like prior to colonisation, where, where people who are drawn to that are from, how they're connected to the creek, what's brought them there, and perhaps the more complicated sort of ecological discussion about restoration and perhaps removing that concrete and that, you know, trying to sort of somehow return the creek to its natural form. While I've put in hours of, of my time planting, you know, riparian um, vegetation and, and native plants al along the creek corridor and trying to help the friends groups and others to promote more wildlife to return to the creek catchment, all of which I, I think is extremely important. I think that there's a deeper philosophical problem with the idea that humans can restore something to, to their natural form. We're not natural beings and our selfish obsessions of land ownership and building too much into a floodplain or overpopulating uh, a, a creek catchment, which have actually directly led to that transformation, that the drainage works done on the creek are a complete reflection of the desire for quarter acre blocks like the ones I grew up in, up and down that creek corridor, the desire for that creek to serve as a public amenity and to have walking trails and all of the things that a, that a creek has become in the inner city or even, even suburban uh, Melbourne forced those conditions so i guess whenever i'm thinking about urban history i'm always thinking about two things one how does the thing i'm looking at represent our culture our choices mm. as a group especially the ones that we're uncomfortable with especially the ones that tell us actually we degrade things and we we we're selfish and we, mm. we take too much and we occupy too much and we don't think ahead enough about the environmental impacts of our streets and our drainage and our waste but also a fascination with the pure form of this thing you know having grown up there this sort of vast trapezoidal channel that just carves its way through the landscape and it has been so transformed in itself the idea that humans have redirected and, and straightened huge portions of the creek bed and realigned things and the complete transformation of the ecological and traditional owners cultural mm. lands of that place is something we need to sort of take ownership of I think that complicates and makes difficult the sort of simple idea that we can just turn it back we can undo mm. our bad deeds somehow and cleanse our guilt I don't think it's that simple because we're always going to construct the new natural version or the restore the creek to some Eden that we perceive from the images that we've digested about what that nature might be, or even through, you know, the research that might be done about how it used to be, but it's never going to be the same and the ecology will return in its own form. When you're researching all of this and, and making the work and engaging with the environment, do you ever have moments where you just get really angry or frustrated? In the case of Mooney Ponds Creek, the Metropolitan Board of Works who were responsible for the drainage works along that creek and transformed the creek, they were the public body. They're the equivalent of what's now Melbourne Water. They were huge, by some reports, sort of autonomous bureaucracy. The, the gross transformation of the creek in its most severe form happened alongside the development of the Tullamarine Freeway to getting people to and from the airport. 
And this was seen as a huge modernization, you know, following California. All the, all the engineers from MMBW went across to California and saw how they built the freeway arterials and the overpasses. And they said, isn't this the best thing we've ever seen? And they brought it back here. And so they thought, oh, well, we don't want to kick people out of their houses. So we'll build all the freeways up the creeks because there's already mm. land there and we don't have to claim any property. It's the cheap way to do it. And we'll just straighten the creek and fill it in and it's already pretty eroded and people have been complaining about it. So we'll just concrete it and that'll make it safe and we'll deal with all the floods that we've started to get because there's too many people living in the banks. Big question for you. Do you have a favourite body of water? And if so, which one or what is it? Probably my favourite body of water right now is 13th Beach in Bowen Heads in coastal Victoria because I just spent like three hours surfing with on my own with a southern right whale out there such a charged moment and we don't normally get whales sort of this far up the coast there's no question even though i probably have denied this in, in previous times i think that you know having had a love for the ocean and, and in that pursuit often in, on your own in my case it's a big reason why i'm so compelled by water in general and and, and perhaps appreciate and respect it Thank you for listening to another episode of Canvas, Unframing Art and Ideas. Thank you to all the artists who shared their stories, voices and work. To find out more about the artists featured in this episode, scroll down to the show notes. This episode was brought to you by our fabulous team, co-executive producers Emerald Dunfrost and Isabella Sanasi, producer and audio editor Kanika Kopalani, researcher Elena Zorowski, and me, your host, Aisha Ash. Our intro music was made by Jackie DeLacy. Canvas is an FBI radio podcast. If you like what you're listening to, hit subscribe, leave us a review and share this podcast with someone you love. Check out our Instagram at canvas underscore 94.5 FBI for more great art content and show updates. Kia pai tera. Have a good day.